We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, here's a question. What do Bill Maher, Adam Carolla, Dennis Prager, the truckers in Canada, and Joe Rogan, and Everett Piper and you have in common? I'll answer this and more on today's rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks for listening into the show. So the topic for the day is this. What do we have in common with some people who have very different worldviews than us in a variety of different ways? For example, I've, I've mentioned Bill Maher and Adam Carolla and Dave Rubin and Joe Rogan. When, when you see them saying the same thing, when you see them expressing the same concerns as a conservative Christian such as myself, you might want to scratch your head and say, what's going on here? In fact, I've had people jokingly call me up or ask me on a radio show or whatnot. I see that you're on the same video clip, a story or newsreel with Bill Maher, or I saw that you were in the same movie, uh, the one on academic freedom, intellectual liberty, you know, that one that was called No Safe Spaces that was produced by Dennis Prager and Adam Carolla. I saw you were in that movie with Bill Maher and other people like Van Jones, other people that would disagree with you politically on a lot of things. What's going on here? I've told you before the story about how I was invited on the Dave Rubin show for an hour. It wasn't a 15-minute interview. This was a one-hour show had a wonderful time with Mr. Rubin. Now, Mr. Rubin and I disagree on a lot, but we had a very civil, robust conversation about one thing that united us. I mean, Dennis Prager is not a Christian. Dennis Prager is an Orthodox Jew. But I've been on his show multiple times. He's been very complimentary. We share a common commitment a common love for something very specific and very clear. I was on Adam Carolla's show. Adam Carolla is an outspoken atheist. Why did he have me on his show? Why did he conclude his show by saying, thank you, Dr. Piper, what the world needs today is more of this wisdom? And back to Reuben. Why did Reuben tweet after I left his studios? If more guys would say what this guy just said, we'd be a freer, braver, and wiser nation. Close quote. I mean, Van Jones, he was Barack Obama's um, green czar, climate czar, whatever his title was, something like that. Van Jones and I would be running in complete opposite directions when it comes to, comes to climate change, global warming, and what I consider to be government overreach in an attempt to gain power over our lives under the ruse, the lie of anthropomorphic man, 
caused climate change? Not a science denier. I'm not denying that the climate is changing. I'm not denying that maybe the temperatures have warmed over a period of time, but you might want to look at sunspot activity rather than human action as the primary cause of all that. Should we control ourselves and not pollute the creation that God has given us? Absolutely. I'd be at the front of the pack, am at the front of the pack, saying stop doing that. Take responsibility. Don't, don't poison the well. God gave us a well. It's called creation. We're to steward it. We're to, we're, we're to lead it. We're to tame it. We're not to abuse it. We're not to deny the science of it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to jump on this false science that we know they manipulate. They've been caught manipulating their reports and their data. The international climate change folks have been caught lying to us. And when somebody is caught lying to you, you know, I used to be a dean of students, and I I always knew that if there was one lie when I was confronting a student for breaking the rules, there were always a lot of other lies that we just didn't know about yet. So one lie is always the tip of the iceberg. I can just tell you that. It's always the tip of the iceberg. I've never seen a situation where somebody's been confronted for a lie and have that be the only one they've ever told. In fact, more times than not, the one lie is just another lie to cover up all the previous lies. So when you see the international climate folks get caught fudging their data, you might want to ask what's going on. When you see Anthony Fauci get caught lying about gain-of-function research, you might want to ask what's going on. And when you see the Academy losing its mind, literally, literally, I don't mean that as just a well-worn axiom. I, I mean it literally. They're losing their mind. They've given up their mind. Their intellectual capacities have been forfeited for the sake of LGBTQ and equity and critical theory, the Marxism of BLM, the degradation of the patriarchal structure within the family, the nuclear family. When you see Christian colleges like you know, Indiana Wesleyan University just announced last week that it's hiring a vice president for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, all of those words have been co-opted by the left. All that means is they've bought into the critical theory narrative of systemic racism rather than individual responsibility for being a racist, of judging people by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character, of doing exactly the opposite of what the Bible tells us to do, and this is a lead Christian university that's doing it. What do all of these stories have in common? And why would Dennis Prager, Adam Carolla, Dave Rubin, Bill Maher, and Joe Rogan all agree with what I just said? Why would they agree with what I just said about a Christian university? When they're not Christians. Why would they agree with what I just said? Why are they saying, good for you, go get them. We're on the same team. Well, that's what I'm going to answer in today's show. I'm going to tell you why we're on the same team and why we are co-belligerent, to use Francis Schaeffer's language, co-belligerent for a common good. What is that common good? Let's take a break, and when I get back, I'll answer that question. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So, again, to repeat the question, 
Uh, what got me going on this? Here, I'll give you the context. I was on another radio show yesterday, one in Columbus, Ohio. I was a guest for a half hour. And essentially, I was asked to respond to this because somebody saw that I um, had tweeted something positive about Bill Maher. And this was a Christian radio station, and therefore the guy was kind of curious. In fact, he kind of laughed as he introduced the topic on his show. And he said, oh, I don't know, something to the effect, uh, you're on the same page as Bill Maher. <laughs> What's happening here? Well, I explained. I explained, you know, I, I disagree with Bill Maher on a lot of stuff. I don't appreciate his vulgarity. I, I, I don't appreciate the way he mocks Christianity and traditional morals. I disagree with him on sexual morality a ton. I disagree with him on some of the ways he buys into the subjective identity claims of LGBTQIA. Now, I would argue that Bill Maher buys into those claims because he's radical libertarian. He's basically saying, I don't care what they do. Um, and why should Christians get all prudish about it? Who are you to impose your morality on those people that want to do what they want to do? I disagree with that in great measure. I think Christian morality does need to be brought into play in the public square. Now, you can reject it and walk away from it. And I've said on this show, you know, if you want me to stay out of your bedroom, then shut the door. Stop opening the door up, exposing your bedroom to the entire to the entire nation and inviting everybody to basically celebrate what you're doing in your bedroom because you're the one that opened the door in the first place. Shut the door, keep your private life private, and nobody's going to know, nobody's going to care. That's one of the issues I have with the LGBTQ discussion is, I'm not the one who opened your door. You're the one who made your sexual preferences and proclivities and your likes, your desires. You're the one who made your sexuality public. If you wouldn't have made it public, nobody would have known and nobody would be judging you or challenging you or talking about you. So shut the door and nobody cares. So in that sense, I would agree with some of the libertarian leanings of people like Bill Maher, but certainly don't agree with uh, mocking and besmirching the time-tested veracity of the Christian ethic when it comes to sexuality. It's one of the things that I think uh, we forget when we talk about sex, sexuality, sexual identity, sexual behavior, sexual choices in the public square today. We forget the fact that Christianity has proven itself workable. It works. You don't get as sick if you behave biblically. You're not going to get or transmit STDs if you behave biblically. How can you say that? Well, you don't. You don't. STDs are transmitted because of multiple par partners. If you've only had sex with one partner, then, and likewise for that partner with you, then you know what? You're not going to get sick. We could solve some, so many of these problems if we just behaved biblically. Now, do you have the legal right to disagree with what I just said? Absolutely. Do you have the legal right to behave differently from what I just said? Absolutely. But you don't have the logical right to then turn around and blame me for compromising your privacy when you're the one that opened up the door, advertised to the world what you do sexually, and then expect me to stay out of your privacy? I mean, that's illogical and that's nonsense. So obviously, a little bit of a rabbit trail there, but 
uh, I would disagree with Bill Maher on some of his conclusions with this. And those are big disagreements. So anyway, back to the point. Bill Maher and I are on the same page on what? Adam Carolla and I. Adam Carolla, he's a debauched atheist. <laughs> if he was listening to the show, which I'm sure he's not, I wouldn't want to... I'm not intending to be offensive when I say that, but his behavior and his comedy is kind of like Bill Maher's at times. It's debauched. It's, it's, it's uh, void of a moral barometer at times. But he and I are absolutely on the same page, and I was on his show for a half hour, and I enjoyed it. Loved it. Why? And then again, as you know, I've mentioned Dennis Prager. Now, Dennis Prager and I agree on a lot. As an Orthodox Jew, he and I agree on 99% of the moral conversations, the historical conversations, the veracity of the Old Testament conversations, the revelation of God conversations with regard to the Old Testament, the law, the Torah, the Pentateuch. But we disagree on Jesus, and that's a huge disagreement. So why are he and I on the same page? Joe Rogan. I wish I was on Joe Rogan's show. <laughs> I would love to be on Joe Rogan's show. 11 million listeners, viewers per day. Oh, my. But he's in the same mix right now as these other guys. We all agree on what and why. And the Dave Rubin thing, maybe that's a segue where I can get to the point of, what is it that we agree on? Why are you, if you're a conservative, in the same camp as these other people that I'm talking about right now? Why are you marching in the same direction? Why are you singing the same tune? Why am I, Piper, claiming that you and these other people, along with me, are all co-belligerent, co-belligerent, Francis Schaeffer's language, that you're cooperating belligerently, if you will, for a common cause. You're locking arms and you're marching together. Even though you may disagree on a lot of other things, on this one issue, you are on the same team. You're fighting for the same cause. And what is that? What is that thing that's bringing us together right now? By the millions, the truck drivers, they're in the same camp as these other folks that I've just mentioned. All these blue-collar truck drivers, people like my dad, who make a living getting their hands dirty and going to work every day and doing something that other people don't want to do, these guys are wiser and smarter. They have more intellectual capacity than a lot of the talking heads in the media right now because they're interested in the same thing. They're co-belligerent for the same thing that I'm going to mention right now. This Dave Rubin interview that I had was fascinating because it, it, it shines a light on this common cause that we share. I mean, Dave Rubin, as I've told you before, and if you follow him, he, he's got a wonderful podcast. But again, on the sexuality issues, I disagree with him. And he knows it. He knows it. He's not stupid. He didn't invite me on his show without at least having his producer do a little reading about who's this Piper guy, what's some of the stuff he said. Where do we agree and disagree? I mean, any good host is going to do some homework. He doesn't want to get sabotaged and be completely taken aback and taken off guard by a guest who comes on and says some stuff that the host isn't, isn't ready for. I was with Tucker Carlson once, and I asked him, uh, what's your preparation? What do, you, what do you do as you get ready for your show? If I remember right, I think he said, 
He spends eight hours a day in preparation for each show. I may be off on an hour or so, but the point is I spend eight hours a day in preparing for one show. Well, a show isn't that long, so why does he do that? And he looked at me and he said, I don't want to be bested. I don't want to be beat. I don't want my guest to get the best of me. And he said that one once in, earlier in my career, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been. And the guest came on and, and basically had me. I was ill-prepared. And he won the debate. He took the trophy in terms of the exchange of ideas. And he said, I, after that show, after that interview, I determined I will never let that happen again. So back to my point, you have Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla, Dennis Prager, you have Dave Rubin, you have Bill Maher, Van Jones, and then you have conservatives like Tucker Carlson. Actually, Dennis Prager's a conservative too, but you have conservatives like Tucker Carlson and then even small fish like me, and you in the same camp on this one issue. And I said I would use the Dave Rubin story as a segue to make the point as to what that one issue is. Well, here's the story. I go on the Dave Rubin show, as you've heard before, and the reason I was invited on the show was because of my, uh, this is not a daycare commentary. My book, This is Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. And you know the story. Not a Daycare was my effort to call call out the snowflakes, the snowflake rebellion. At the time, I was one of the only, if not the only, college president in the nation who had stepped forward into the public square and said, stop this. This cancel culture is nonsense. It's antithetical to what good education should be about. A good education, a liberal arts education, is one that challenges you with ideas that sometimes you may not feel comfortable with. It doesn't impose those on you. It's not propaganda. It doesn't force you to believe those ideas. But you you read authors that might disagree with you because a challenging argument, if you will. A good, robust exchange of ideas is healthy. It pushes you to learn. And with truth as the judge, you can throw out the bad ideas and keep the good. But the point is, a good lecture, a good book, a good sermon is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. I mean, isn't the point of a sermon that it's supposed to make you feel guilty because the goal is your confession, not your comfort? So I said stuff like this, and as a result, the not a daycare thing, where I concluded and said, my land is a university, it's not a daycare, grow up. I'm not going to coddle you in your selfishness, I'm going to confront you and challenge you to become an adult in your thinking and in your behavior. That's why you go to college. Well, Ruben wanted to talk about that, but the interesting thing when I got on his show is that immediately he kind of sidestepped not a daycare, and he went to my first book, which didn't sell a tenth of what Not a Daycare sold. I mean, basically, very few people other than my close network within my university bought my first book. It was published by a small publisher down in Tulsa. It didn't get the promotional value, and it didn't hit the radar nationally. My first book is what Ruben wanted to talk about. So he did his homework. Remember I say these guys do their homework? He did his homework. He knew about my first book. And that's what he spent the first 15 minutes, at least, of his show talking about. Well, what was my first book? It's titled, Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. And as you've heard me say, 
That's my book where I take on the, the lie, the contemporary lie, that it's the progressive who's more interested in uh, being a liberal than the conservative. My argument is this. I'm more classically liberal than my left-of-center counterpart, than the progressive talking head. I'm more classically liberal than Anthony Fauci. I'm more classically liberal than Joe Biden or Kamala Harris. Now, why do I say that? Because a classical liberal believes in liberty, believes in freedom. A classical liberal wouldn't be telling people to what to wear on their face or how far away to stand from folks at the Christmas party. A classical liberal wouldn't tell people they can't go to church and declare the churches to be non-essential. A classical liberal is somebody who wants liberty, who believes in freedom. And that's why Dave Rubin wanted to talk about that book, because here's what, here's what Bill Maher, Joe Rogan, Adam Carolla, Dennis Prager, Everett Piper, Van Jones, you and Dave Rubin have in common. Here's what we have in common. Dave Rubin is interested in freedom. Dave Rubin is interested in liberty. And the reason he left the radical left and now is kind of in the conservative, the conservative camp on some things, at least on this issue of liberty and academic freedom, religious liberty, to have a conservative Christian that disagrees with his gay marriage, gay, quote, marriage, to have a guy like Everett Piper on his show, even though I disagree with him on one of the most personal and I assume important decisions he's ever made, and I don't think it's right. I don't think it's moral. I don't think it's a cultural good. I'd be happy to talk about him, excuse me, talk about that with him. That's not where we went. He wanted to talk about liberty. He wanted to talk about this idea of why conservatives are more classically liberal than progressives. He wanted to talk about why I would write a book as a conservative saying why I'm a liberal and other conservative ideas. So what's the point? That is the issue that unifies us. Bill Maher, as vulgar as he is, understands liberty and freedom. Now, he may abuse it. He may take it too far in his personal life, but he understands that in the corporate world, the community, people should stay out of each other's business and follow essentially the Thomas Jefferson axiom. If it doesn't break my leg or pick my pocket, what do I care? In other words, if it doesn't cause me physical harm, or if you're not stealing from me, then I'm going to defer to your liberty, your freedom to make your own choices, even though I think they're foolish. If it doesn't break my leg or the public's, if it doesn't cause personal harm or public harm physically, and if it doesn't pick my pocket or the public's, if it's not stealing from me or the community, then we're going to grant you great latitude. Just shut your door, if you will, and stop making your personal choices a public discussion. Bill Maher would agree, I think, with what I just said. Because he went on no safe spaces to applaud that premise. Because that's what academic freedom and intellectual liberty are all about. That's why we have the First Amendment, which says you can't 
stop people from saying what they want to say, worshiping how they want to worship, or exercising those beliefs in the public square. As long as it's not breaking somebody's leg or picking somebody's pocket, you have religious freedom, you have intellectual freedom, you have personal freedom. And like George Washington said over 50 times in his communiques to his fellow patriots, he referenced the passage out of Micah over 50 times where we live under our own fig tree and our own vine. What's that mean? It's my fig tree. It's my vine. It's my property. It's my fence. It's my gate. It's my home. It's my family. And that's not a selfish claim. That's a claim of liberty and freedom. Because if you take all those things away, you're taking away my freedom and my liberty along with them. And you're making me a subject to the state. You're making me a slave to Uncle Sam's plantation. If you take all those things away. Because if I don't have any private property and I don't have any personal liberties to think the way I want to think, worship the way I want to worship, and exercise that in the public square. Don't think that it's just intellectual freedom. No, it is actually behavioral freedom to exercise those ideas, those philosophies, those things that you hold to be first goods, to exercise those things in the public square, then we're lost as a country and as a nation. And that's why Adam Carolla agrees with you and me. And that's why Bill Maher agrees with you and me. And that's why Dave Rubin agrees with you and me. Agrees with me to the extent that he wants to talk about this for 15 minutes on his show. Why I'm a liberal and other conservative ideas? Tell me about that. And he and I were on the same page. This is a wonderful opportunity for us. The opportunity before us right now is to take the high ground be the people that are fighting for the things that Bill Maher wants and Adam Carolla wants and Dave Rubin wants and Joe Rogan wants, and that is freedom. One of those things is freedom. Maybe all of those things are freedom. Liberty. Liberty. Freedom. Intellectual freedom, academic freedom, religious freedom, personal freedom. Freedom. The truckers have named their convoy the Freedom Convoy. And they're not trying to tell everybody else how to live their lives. They're just saying, stop. Stop telling us that we've got to get injected with something that we don't want in our bodies. Stop telling us what to wear on our, on our faces. Stop telling us where, how far apart we're supposed to stand. And stop telling us whether or not we can... Go shopping, go to a restaurant, or go to church. Just stop. The thing that unites all of us in co-belligerents, marching in the same direction for the same army, if you will, fighting the same battle, is the idea of freedom. Take the high ground and make that your highest good in this cultural debate right now. And you will be the leader that's being admired and followed by people that disagree with you vehemently on a lot of other things. And you know what happens after that? Because they respected the tenacity of your defense of freedom, they're going to listen to you about some other things that are important in your life too. It's a huge opportunity. Don't let it go to waste. Never let a crisis go to waste. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.